coming up in the next episode um i think and believe that uh, religion is part of culture each and every culture has got their their own religion they believe in but now religion is dangerous hello hello and welcome everyone to the latest episodes of the turning points podcast today we have another bumper episode with an interesting guest who'll be sharing that defining moment or turning point with us remember you can also be a part of the show by sending us your comments via voice notes or emailing us at the turning points podcast at gmail.com the turning points podcast at gmail.com let's get into it today's guest is Widumelo Cynthia Seamani an avid businesswoman a poetic writer philanthropist and someone who has a deep interest in human relations identity and restoration welcome welcome to the turning points uh, podcast and thank you so much for joining us Cynthia today could you please introduce yourself who are you how do you typically introduce yourself to people who don't know you thank you Tepo for having me um uh, it's a great pleasure to join you in this conversation for this podcast um Cynthia is a very a free-spirited person. Um, I've got it, and also I've got a deep passion for restoring the hearts of people. Um, since I believe that um, the entire universe has got creation in such a way that each and everything that is part of the universe functions in its optimal functionality when it's whole, complete, and restored. Okay. So, where did you grow up, um, and do you guys have um, any sort of uh, a, a poem of your own clan? Do you belong to a clan? Are you a member of a clan? Are you a clan? Okay, I grew up um, in the outskirts of Northwest in a community called Fafung. And like in Africans, they call it Bellefontaine. Like that's how they used to name it uh, back then. And I'm from a Semani clan. And um, so the history of it is that the Ndebele people were fighting with the Zulus. And they were looking for a place to hide. Then they came to the community of, from where my parents uh, grew up because they both come from that community and of then of Fafung. Okay. And as the Ndebeles were, were, were running Approaching. for their lives, yeah. they mixed with the Batswana people. Okay. And after they mixed, they said it's going to be our secret that we you will we, we will know who are the Ndebeles and who are the Tswanas. Then in their recitation, like the the poem of the clan, there's a part that says, so that is, is is a recitation that is, um, how can I say it, that is keeping that secret uh, intact so that it can be passed from generation to generation. Meaning you, of, you guys still identify as Ndebeles? Because yeah, some of our genes, we mixed with them. Okay. Yes. So the part that says Lejabatu, does it mean you guys 
Okay. <laughs> That's a very interesting thing. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break and come back with Cynthia Semani. Welcome back to the Turning Point podcast with myself Tepo having such a great time in the studio with Bidumelo Soemani. Okay, let's let's pick up from where we were. So we were talking briefly about your identity being in Debele mixed with uh, Tswana people because you were running away from tribal wars and stuff like that. Um, what is your view about tribals, tribes, tribality and tribal identity? Is it, is it important? Should we still have such you know, identity as, as a South African population? Well, um, because uh, the root, the root uh, cause of, of, of tribalism is based on uh, negative energy, in a sense that um, a white man divided black people so that he can rule. Um, I will say that... Um, Do we know that for a fact that white people divided blacks? Yes, we know for a fact. How? In a sense that um, black people always had uh, this thing of unity and cohesion. That okay. is the biggest part about black people, Ubuntu. So if that is the core value of uh, black people, I'm not seeing a chance of black people amongst themselves deciding that uh, in our blackness, let us have clusters which are, how can I say it, which are, are, are differentiating us in a way that we can be divided. Okay. I don't, I don't imagine that. But I mean, even today, we have black churches which are separating themselves and this is post-colonial, post-apartheid rule. So is that doesn't say white people are dividing churches from, I mean, black churches from each other. It just looks like this is a human thing for people to not agree and decide, I'm going to take the people who believe in me and I'm going to form my own tribe, my own kind of uh, conclave there and, and live there happily ever after. Do you agree with that view or not? Um, to an extent, not entirely. Okay. Um, maybe let let's say, because people are, are diverse and very unique. Yeah. It's impossible to have everyone agreeing to adhering certain uh, practices or values. Yeah. Then, the creation of clusters is as a as a result of people realizing their uniqueness yeah and those who who feel that they're affiliated with a certain cluster then they belong there yeah but now with a colonial colonial colonialism colonialism sorry i had a tongue twist it's okay um the thing is the mind of a black man was being uh how can i say oppressed in such a way that diversity that is supposed to bring about the beauty of blackness was being used against black people, but now the mind was the tool, not really the, 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 the clusters in terms of culture. Okay. So if you look at the African cultures, 
is, is, is like a clear depiction of a rainbow. Like it's a beautiful depiction of the glory and beauty of um, creation. That things are are not all the same. Yeah. Like they they like there's 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 beauty in that uh, diversity. Right. But now it was used against us. Like because um, I don't know how what happened then for us to not be conscious. I'm talking about our ancestors which are in our genes that's something for us because they're within us okay to not be conscious like generations back that um uh, a mind is such a powerful tool that someone can uh, either indoctrinate you or brainwash you and a thing that is beautiful can be used against you to be ugly right so um i believe in the diversity of black cultures okay and i also believe in in the in the beauty of it for me i would say it's more like there's no culture that is superior than the other if you were to look at it you realize the wisdom that black people have and the consciousness that each and every culture has got its own ways of doing things which also reveals to you that there's there's like multiple pathways of uh, maybe connecting to god or connecting to uh, the source of creation or existence and each and every culture came up with their own ways. Okay. And when you look at all of them, none is superior, none is inferior. Okay. All of them are, are necessary or relevant. Okay. It's just a tapping in, like you tap in and explore different pathways of, of experiencing existence. So that's where the beauty is. It's like there's no limitation of saying there's only one pathway of experiencing existence. Okay. Mm. Is there is there a God out there? There is a God. Okay. A God is there. And, and but, he's alive. But you're saying people are are tapping into that source in, in multiple ways. Yes. Does it negate each other? Because others are saying, if you come to my church and you pray, this God will, will save you from eternal condemnation, brimstone and fire. Mm. And someone else on another church, different church, will also say, no, those are pagans, they're practicing this, they're practicing that, they're actually anti-God. We are the only true God kind of religion. And I know you like to say that you are not religious but spiritual, but do you feel religion has importance in today's culture? Um, I think and believe that uh, religion is part of culture. Each and every culture has got their their own religion they believe in. But now religion is dangerous because it is um, is not self-aware. People who are affiliated with a certain religion, they are only about, they are a law unto themselves. And they only see life from a prism of their own experience and not seeing it from uh, a prism of, multiple or diverse um, perspectives yeah so for me i'll say there's one god and this god is love and different religions like i said with cultures is different pathways to reach to the god yeah but religion doesn't have um, a space to 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 actually say that to to see it that way because if you say that um our religion is not going to be more superior or more powerful or more whatever so the reason why each and every religion feels their way is the right way is because they want 
they, they have put ego and God doesn't have ego. He's humble. Love is humble. So the ego in it is, is the thing that makes uh, religions to, to, to even be divided and think ours is the one that is taking one to eternity. Then you'll ask yourself, no one was uh, born or brought to this earth when they had decided to, like out of their own will. Yeah. So why would their fate or be your, your will? Okay. It's a very interesting question. Like I'm still curious to to know. We'll only know when we go to the other side. That right. It was you never decided your fate in terms of being on this earth. Why would you decide your fate in terms of going to? I don't the know if you're going back or is the next world. Yeah. So that's a very interesting viewpoint. So mm. are you? Do you believe then in the afterlife? Do we believe that? beyond the worlds that you've been born into in this world, there's another life that you re- get reincarnated into. You know what I believe in? Yeah. And what I believe in is not popular. Okay. But I'm going to say it. All right. I believe that because life is eternal, life, even death, cannot conquer life. When death brings death to life yeah life resurrects like it it gets rebirth in a new and more powerful way yeah so i believe there's a lot there's multiple transitions of existence okay that will you'll only know when you are there like life doesn't so so the life is eternal it's eternal it just reincarnates Reincarnates in different ways ways. okay like i'm saying we still to see like what happens when you are there like i believe it's just a, a long journey of, 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 of death and life, but in a f- different forms. And so so death actually brings you a new yeah, life. Yeah, a new life. Wow. But on, on, on the realm that we are at, yeah. it looks like death is the end. Yes. No, life is so powerful that even death cannot consume it. Life consumes death. Right. That's why after it consumes it, it rebirths itself into something new and more powerful. More beautiful. Yes. Sure. That's very that's very strong. Um I would like to hear what other people say. You can send us vo- voice notes to the podcast at Podcast at gmail.com. The turning points podcast at gmail.com. We would really love to hear what you gotta say about what Cynthia is saying today with us in the studio. Okay, so let's let's continue then. Um your profile says you're a businesswoman. Mm. What is your business? What do you sell? Who are you selling it to? And is it making money? Mm-hmm. And how did you start in that process of business? Okay. Um, my company's name is Synthetic Creative Works. Okay. So the inception of this business and the vision was about me... Um, founding an empire that is going to house all everything that has to do with creativity okay from a gallery to a flower arrangement to events design to architecture to um uh, fashion designing anything that you can think of that's creative yeah under one house right under one brand and um the first lake that i started with was synthetic uh, creative works event. Okay. 
and in the events I do uh, events coordination and events uh, management for corporate events. Okay. From uh, having to strategize the event itself as to um, how we can um, what is this? How we can bring it out in uh, in terms of the the client needs and also. Um, whatever that they want to achieve with the event okay. to actually executing the event and um, providing like equipment um, entertainment and uh, the catering side of things and also the strategic um, what is this know-how since we have uh, experience in the market okay so um, in terms of making money I don't know what making money means but um, Meaning, the, can you live of this business? So far, yeah, it, it, it I need to have multiple income streams okay. to 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 accommodate uh, having to 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 use the business to sustain me. It ha- it's not yet at that point where it can sustain my needs on its own because yeah. business takes long to get to the point where uh, you can feed of it um, entirely. Right. So, so synthetic creative works is still in that journey of um, growing. Growth, yeah. Yes. So how long have you been in business? I've been in business from 2013 July. Yeah. That's when the company was registered. Okay. So it's how long? It's about seven years, seven years yeah. now. So seven is a number of perfection. Yeah. Uh, so this year is, is, is a very pivotal year for me in many ways. It's like all the areas of my life are now coming together. It's like it's that year whereby the circle is complete. Right. Yes. So I'm entering into a new dispensation or a new transitioning, like I was explaining with death. Yes. Yes. Death and life. I'm entering into a new awakening, a new era of my life. So all the areas of my life are interconnectedly also um you know uh, how can i say this also supporting whatever the transition that is happening right so i'm i'm i'm, I'm excited and i believe that there's going to be great uh, things that will come through and there's going to be big events and amazing events that i'm going to be um coordinating this year i believe okay this. talk about talking about events mm. um which 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 big events have you hosted and do you have any you know notable clients that you've had whether past or present that you want to share with people just to give them like a, a little bit of a sense as to the grandeur and the type of clientele that you've dealt with or that you're dealing with right now um one of the biggest events that i've hosted was um uh, and a conference event in Orange Farm okay. for uh, Department of, of, of Justice and so the event basically was about um, acknowledging uh, as various schools around the Orange Farm area and more like um, raising funds okay. for, for, for those schools and Basatana Kumalo was um, the client for that event. She was the custodian of the event. Okay. And I worked uh, hand in hand with Travel with Flair, which is 
uh, one of the companies that she's sitting on the board for. Okay. And um, were they sponsoring the event? Uh, yes. Okay. They were sponsoring the event, so um, the, it it was amazing because um, how can I say it? We we superseded the expectations of the client. Yeah. In in terms of normally what is happening is that. Um, people who do events for government they don't do them with the same excellence as when they do them for corporates or for certain private clients they, there's this uh, notion or um, thing that when uh, events companies do events for government they they deliver like mediocre quality quality because they believe government is associated with that yeah but now this one uh, corporate people were part of the event as much as it was a government event. Yeah. So me, us as Synthetic Creative Works, um, executing the event with excellency, it was just, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow for the client. And okay. That create, um, offered us a relationship with the client and we had a continued relationship and as the company we did more events for, for the client, for the client yeah. which is Kumar. How is she as as a boss? Because mm-hmm. I imagine if she's the one who's bringing the big part of the kitty or organizing it, she would be very involved. You know, she'd want this and that, and therefore, by extension, you as the event organizer would be reporting to her as the stakeholder. You will be surprised. I think that is that was also another leg that was humbling about the experience is that. Um, funny enough, when I was growing up, I always knew I'm gonna be a businesswoman, and I used to glare to to to, to uh, what is this to 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 watch the the TV with my mom and tell her that one day I'm gonna be like this woman. And which woman? Basitana Kumar. Okay. And my first event for um, Synthetic Creative Works was for her as the client. Wow. So for me, I don't know if I should say it was the biggest turning moment for the business in terms of. So that was one the, of your turning points. Yes, okay. like the fact that the the the, the, the my first client was Pasitana Kumar. Wow. She believed in 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 my business even if um it was at the inception stage. Yeah. And the results were phenomenal, and uh, so as a person, she's she's very humble. Like the humility that she has also. Um, I think contributed in how we we, 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 we we executed the event because normally most of the clients they give you like half the money uh, so that you can cover the cost and then pay you the balance after you, you finish. Ex- you finish. Yeah. But with her she, she gave us um, the entire um, project budget, uh, budget mm. three days before the event. Sure. She said she trusts that we're going to deliver. And she was part of the process from start to end yeah. in terms of being hands-on. I remember uh, she called me around 3 o'clock, I think 3 or half 3 in the morning, checking me if we have the serviettes, like to the smallest detail, Yeah. if the, the serviettes were there, because she needed particularly pink and yellow serviettes. Yeah. And it's not like it's very tricky to find Right. Um, pink and yellow serviettes. And I, was, I just confirmed, yeah, and I'm also awake. And that was like an over aha moment like Basatana Kumal at half three calling me to check for uh, serviettes and even when we got to the event because we had to arrive uh, I think an hour before just to review everything and check if everything is in place in the morning Yeah. because the entire uh, setting was done 
the, the previous afternoon towards uh, the midnight. And she was there with us. When we had to move tables around and chairs, she was actually literally moving chairs and tables assisting, with us. Assisting, yeah. Assisting. And she was dressing like jeans and tickets. And, you know, so you wouldn't believe that she's that humble. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm still pinching myself. I thought I was going to pinch myself for meeting her, but yeah. I pinched myself for the level of humility that she gave. That she, she gave and, and she's she, a client. Yeah. Then moreover, uh, she was not addressing me as Cynthia or Witumelo. She was addressing me as Siaman with my clan name. Wow. The level of respect that she gave me, even if uh, in terms of social status or the stripes in the business world and also age, yeah. a black woman to black woman. Yes. That was, for me, I said, if I don't make it big, I will be the only person that uh, is holding myself back. Wow. Wow. Do you want to tell us how big was the budget that you, you got paid? Um, the budget for the... The event, whole event. Yes, for the event, I think it was 180000 sure. Yeah, for yes. a first, first for event first for, event. for your brand. Yes. Okay. Mm. Shit. Okay. And um, um, as, as, as a person, is she still your referee? Does she help you get more business? Does she offer to be your, your reference? Uh, um, she has actually um, offered me a reference immediately after that event uh, with her letterhead. Wow. So that uh, reference letter when I applied for tenders or uh, proposals, I, it's, it's one of the tools that, that, you know, puts my business, gives my business an advantage within yeah. other proposals right. in the same space. Okay. Mm. Brilliant. We're going to take a short break and then come back after this. Welcome back from the break. We're still on the turning points with myself, Tsepo. With Dumelo Cynthia Seman is still in the studio with us. We just talked about the amazing uh, business relationship that she formed with one of the leading businesswomen in this country, um, Basitsana Kumalo, a, a former Miss South Africa. Um, with Dumelo, welcome back. Um, I just want to continue um, about you. So one of the things that you say you are is... A poetic writer. Mm. Um, do you want to tell us um, where did your love for poetry develop, and when did it develop? What kind of poetry do you do? What are some of the uh, places that you've performed this poetry, and how far is this talent taken you? Okay. Well, it is so ironical yeah. that. Um, my poetry is all about restoration and healing and I never knew that I'm a poet. Um, it was in 2010 when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, which I'm not going to mention his name. Okay. And um, I loved him so much that I thought he's going to be my lifetime partner. Right. And the pain that I experienced in from that breakup pricked my heart to a point whereby the Ministry of Poetry was birthed. Wow. Because I experienced the excruciating pain to a point where 
I could only heal through writing. Yeah. And as I was writing, I realized this is a poem. Yes. And Were I you am writing him a, a love letter. No, I was writing about just anything. Right. Then I wrote a poem about who are you, woman? Because uh, the pain made me to question myself and my identity and because uh, I, I I questioned that maybe I'm, I'm not good enough maybe I was not a woman enough maybe there are things that are lacking about me as a woman like it made me to be aware and search deep within myself as to what makes a woman maybe he left me because I was uh, inadequate yeah then me trying to write down words in, in answering the question within myself as to uh, what is a woman then it birthed a poem titled who are you woman and that is the first poem that i wrote in 2010 do you have that poem yes i have are you gonna share it with us <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> brace yourself for who are you woman by cynthia Witumelo semani who are you woman a woman is a being of love and nature a being who's an expression of God's emotions, an epitome of beauty, sensuality, and nature. She is a representation of power in its make form, a being who knows the power of prayer and utilizes it as her weapon in every situation, a giver, sustainer, and developer of life in its pure form. Her power is in her true identity, the one which encompasses all, tra all these traits, her wisdom so profound can make you thaw. Her tears are empowered to persuade kings. She's a woman, a daughter, a wife, and a mother, through which a son, husband, and father is birthed for her compatibility. The world so harsh has made her doubt her power to impact, which is in a form of meekness like silk, which broke her completely. Through abuse by her father, son, or husband in relationships, her first hope of love, divorce from the marriage institution, her final hope for love, and exploitation through discrimination in all spheres of life. She then assumed a victim title, that which faded her true identity. Women emancipation and feminism movement, though they mean well, they try to intervene through anger, a resolution with missing parts. She's then only left with men in her woman. The other critical element of her is robbed, and that's where her power lies. In this power lies the solution to these mundane societal catastrophes. Like a woman bears a child, in her bosom there's a vision of transformation to make this world a better place for all. It is through the very same woman where the unique qualities of men and women will be embraced and harmoniously utilized for a greater cause. Through this beloved woman there is wisdom to pass to the son, before he becomes a husband and a father. Empowerment of how this masculine son, father and husband should proudly treat and protectively live with the feminine daughter, mother and wife. In brokenness, commonality of all women, as we all somehow broken and have a longing for something. This something is within the who we lost which makes our souls to yearn for constant restoration, to have a longing for more love, power, contentment, and peace. Women 
your power lies in you being a woman and not a man with a missing woo. Reclaim your broken woo and experience your true identity to rule, to love, to nature, and impact in a form of sensuality as a complete woman. You are phenomenal, most needed being, and beautiful. Wow. That's a beautiful point. <laughs> and I just want to pick some, some themes that you mentioned there. So I hear you say the power of a woman is not being a man and having a broken womb. And you're talking also about feminism and what it's doing to women. Are you anti-feminism? Uh, I like the, I want to first clear the air. Okay. Feminism has to do with saying a man is equally created with a woman. When God created a man and a woman, he said, let us create men and women and let them have dominion. He didn't say a man or a woman, he said both. Okay. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the creeping things on earth. Right. And let them be fruitful. So God uh, breathed dominion and authority in the bosom of both male and female. Okay. But along the way, I don't know what happened. Patriarchy took over. Okay. And we created a system whereby are the only ones who are enjoying the benefits of having dominion and authority on earth. Okay. While God created us equally to dominate together. Right. So feminism in its uh, true essence is the belief that women and men are created equally. But according to the societal ideology, it is being made to sound like, um, or it is actually, a movement whereby women hate men and women feel for me to be uh, in dominion and authority I need to oppress the man which is not a solution okay it is just a reverse replica of what has always been happening which is patriarchy okay so the resolution of it is wholeness so and any movement that is done from anger is it breeds um, something that is going to be toxic so women who are broken they become feminists that are against men and they feel they need to be against men so that they can flourish. Okay. But a woman who's whole will want to, the men to first heal. Then when they are both whole, then they can jointly rule and dominate as wow. God has created. Okay. Yes. I, um, I have suspicions that that kind of definition and clarification will sound very controversial to people of patriarchy uh, uh, prominence and those who are promoting you know feminism and especially in our country which has a it's almost an epidemic mm. of gender-based violence um, when you talk about that the the movement of gender of gender-based eradication of patriarchy is it's an anti-man movement they would i'm sure they will take a different kind of um standpoint to what you are saying because they have the evidence that men are abusing us and we have men who are saying women are being aggressive against us and on all sides you know you have people 
who are screaming at each other and not really coming together to find solution. So in your view, what is the path forward to, to heal men and make them aware of the privileges of patriarchy as well as to heal women and make them aware of their stealth, their power, latent power and potential? On the same accord, a man was birthed from a womb of a woman. Yeah. Meaning the the seed of a man is in a woman. Okay. And in nature God has created things in such a way that they heal themselves. Healing ability is within each and every organism okay. in the universe. Okay. So if the root of a man is in a woman. It means the healing of a man is in the woman. Wow. So, but a man can heal from a woman when a woman is broken. Right. So a woman needs to heal and be whole. Okay. And in their healing and wholeness, which is also mentioned in this poem that I just um, recited about uh, who are you woman, that the solutions to the mundane societal catastrophes are in the woman but the woman needs to heal and reclaim their true identity okay not the one that is uh post uh being broken or being uh oppressed by the patriarchal society right but the true one before patriarchy even existed okay yes and men will heal and in their healing then men and women will both heal and you know, jointly move together. I also have a poem about man restoration. Okay. That is, uh, is, 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 how can I say, they work together with the one of who are you woman. Okay. Yes. To compliment. Yes. Okay. But I wrote this poem because for me, because the chronological order was that I wrote the one about a woman first. Yes. Is the first poem. And in my healing, that's when I could write about a man. Okay. So if I didn't heal and found find my identity as a woman, yeah. I was not going to be able to realize that a man is broken and even write a poem about. So the, 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 the chronolo- chronological order of how I wrote the poems for me was a revelation in itself that practically that if you are fine as a woman whole, then you are able to extend yourself to, 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 to others. In this case, it's a male counterpart. Right, mm. right. We hope uh, we'll get an opportunity during the the recording to also, you know, uh, you for you to read that poem for us because I think it's an important uh, discussion, especially in this country, uh, to talk about issues that are plaguing men and women. Um, so, given all of that, what would you say has been your turning point in life? Do, do was was the fact that you 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 signed up your your heroine Basitana Kumalo as your first client the turning point was the fact that you found your own strength for after 2010 after the heartbreak your turning point or do you have you know specific turning points in your life that has brought you to where you are a woman who's whole who is healed and who's progressing who's in business and who's flourishing well, earlier on, as I was um, reminiscing about this interview, uh, 
I thought that I, I have multiple turning points, but then it dawned on me uh, shortly after that that I had minor uh, situations that were pivotal in my life, but they were not necessarily turning points. Okay. But the, my major uh, turning point was in two, 2014, August, Okay. when um, I resigned from NetBank uh, IT group due to um, a toxic relationship with my boss. Okay. And that turning point left me unemployed for about three years. Hmm. And um, how can I say it? And, and, and the, the, the lessons that I've learned from that season and the person that I became from that season and also, um, how can I say it, the, the, the intensity of which I needed to go into prayer and also appreciating myself because um, a good friend of mine once told me that it is good to have a belief system but it, it is wiser to test your belief like don't be so clinged to your belief to a point where it blinds you from being open to other things in life. Mm. Test your belief. Right. No, and testing it doesn't mean um, you are leaving it. It mm. means challenge it. And that uh, three years of not working was a test of my belief. And after coming out of uh, that uh, season, I realized that uh, the belief that I adhere to is, is, is necessary and very important. And uh, and uh, that you one needs to have a belief system that they are ingrained in because there are certain seasons that only your belief system will be your anchor. Only your belief system will be that thing that can be even more like your, your, your friend in times of solace because that season was aggressively about um, a space of solace. So even if I've got a lot of people in my life who are very supportive and loving, but that season required and was demanding that um, I spend 90% um, of it alone. So my spirituality was um, refined and it ended like uh, a very precious space in my life due to that. And if it wasn't for my spirituality, I was not gonna make it. I purely made it based on my strong belief in Christ. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, so you say this was your turning point, the 20, is it 2014 you say? Yes. When you lost the job. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your your belief system carried you through mm -hmm. and all this other thing. So if you were to meet someone who says, Cynthia, I'm going through the same thing today. What would you advise them to do if you were to give them three advices about how to survive a period where you are emotionally and otherwise tested? Firstly, uh, depending on the person, whether you are introverted or extroverted, if you are extroverted, be out there always. Like Find spaces where you can always just be within um, other people because extroverts um, they get recharged by being around crowds if you're an introvert always be within just lock yourself in which 
I'm an ambivert, but I'm more tilted towards the introverted side. Okay. Then secondly, um, find things that can occupy you. For me, I was doing a lot of yoga and a lot of running okay. and a lot of um, exercises like inside the house. So find routines that can occupy you so that you don't spend your time um, thinking about or meditating about the, the situation, but rather, um, how can I say, occupying your mind with something that can add towards your growth or personal development. Okay. Also, thirdly, read. I know not a lot of people read, but I read a lot in that season. Same as we know, like the likes of Mandela, one of the greatest leaders who, of all times, you're Robert Sobika, you're Steve Bikos, they were imprisoned uh, for, for a long period of time, which that season for me, I can liken it to being imprisoned. Yeah. But now um, that space is, is, is like you you are now facing your internal self. Everything else shuts shuts down. All the doors sh- shuts down. And the only door that opens is the door to your soul. Like you are now facing your inner self. You face your inner demons. You face your inner insecurities. You face, you, you, you become, your inner self become the only companion you have. Yeah. So you face yourself. Yes. You become your own companion. Right. So anything that has to do with, um, feeding the inner person okay. is the thing that you need to engage for, to keep you going okay yeah do do you believe that period has helped you to become a better person a lot okay i i i think the season i'm so grateful for it and if uh i wait to to have another lifetime and they ask me if i need the season i'll i'll i welcome it like i will I will. I recommend it even for my next life. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. So maybe just to de-escalate it a little bit. Um, what has what has been like uh, the most played song for you this week, and and why are you playing that? Mm-hmm. Ha. Do, why not? Do you listen to music? Yes, I do. Okay. What yes. kind of music do you like? I, I'm versatile. Okay. I've got my favorite for different categories. Yeah. But I'm in different genres. Yeah. But the one that I've been playing most, the whole of December yeah. and until even now, Umlilo uh, by uh, Umlilo Amalanka by DJ Zinc. Yes. Like even on my way here, I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> What's so, so special about it? Um. I was introduced to house music by my brother when we were young. We used to put on house music on blast and then clean the house. Like, that's how we did it. Like, we were cleaning the house together. So, put on the house music on blast, then we start cleaning. Like, it just energizes you. So, because of the uh, that transition of the three years of not working, I somehow lost touch with the my love for house music. Okay. And house music would just play, and I was not tuned into it. And yeah. this song is... The, is a song that revived that connection to house music. Right. Like it evoked that passion and yeah. love for house music. So that's what makes it special. Brilliant. And also because I like DJ Zindler. Like she's a very substantial woman, I guess. So the connection of the two. Yeah. Just worked. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break and then we'll be back just after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Turning Points podcast with Tsepo. I'm still uh, in a studio with Bitumelo having a great time. Obviously, Bitumelo is a business owner of Synthetic Creative Works, 
She's also a poetic writer, philanthropist, sister, and a whole lot more that I think everyone else has had, yeah. Spiritual and all these nice things. Um, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling so, I don't know. What is a mixture of emotions? Surreal. I'm having like kind of a surreal moment of of emotions that, um, I you know I'm, I was briefed uh, about what we we're gonna talk about in the interview, but the way it's turning out, it's I don't know. It, I'm I'm just being, I'm I'm feeling fuzzy. I'm having fuzzy feelings because I'm I'm tapping into things that are so important and special to my heart, and I didn't know that. Um, the conversation was going to go that that route. <laughs> yeah. Yes. One of the things that we have on the show is a random question, mm. which can mean anything. <laughs> and I'm hoping you are ready for it because we want to ask you, you talk about 2010, you lost the guy that you really, really liked. We want to find out, do you have a guy that you really, really like right now after you know the period of healing that you went through? the poems that you've written and the stages that you've been on. Are you seeing someone? I'm not seeing someone currently. I'm okay. single and single. No coffee dates, no flowers, no perfumes, no nothing. No flirting uh, in the working late hours of the night just before you sleep. No good mornings like that single. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the driest <laughs> thing you can ever get. <laughs> so not even an ex <laughs> So none of that. None of that. <laughs> How does I'm, it feel? I mean, I'm in a serious desert. You yeah. know this desert, no? Yeah. They can be defining, like I said, yeah. with my unemployment journey. Yes. So I'm still to figure out what what is the reason for me to to be in a dry single season yes. that is so persistent you know yeah. so now i'm in a space whereby i don't question life i don't have a why me question or why now yeah. i'm more like okay what is the lesson yes. that i need to learn so i'm attentive and very present in life okay. so whenever that happens i'm just curious to find out what is the lesson yes. that I'm going to get instead of asking why? Why me? Yeah, why so life now? is an adventure. It's yes. exciting now. It's no longer about me or even if I've got plans, I don't have ultimate plans. My, my, my plans are not an ultimatum. I'm still open to what the universe wants to, to bless me with beyond yes. my plans and visions. Right. Yes. Profound. Yes. Um, earlier on, you mentioned that you had also written a poem about men, the restoration of men. Do you, do you want to read it for us? Do you have it in front of you? Can can we can you recite it? Yes, please. Maybe two stanzas just to give us a foretaste of this great poetry that people want to drink from. Yes, and the title of the poem is "Men in the Making." So. And another poet friend of mine who stays in Pretoria, Monene Mawuja, she shout out Monene. She 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 had a, an event in um, years back about um, restoration of uh, creation and restoration of um, humanity, and the 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 theme of the event was uh, if the world was human, like if the world was human, what was going to happen? Yeah. 
so like it was just bringing out the humanity it was just emphasizing that humanity has died yes we have become so materialistic and we have become so uh, money loving that we forgot about the basic existence of life which is humanity yeah yeah so i was one of the poem poets who were performing at the event so it was a po it was a, a stage for like i think five power five female poets like battles kind yeah. of a thing so it was a program for about eight hours and five women were performing like interchangeably okay poems that have to do with um talking about the essence of humanity okay. in, yes all so, right so are we gonna hear your poem about men yes okay okay man in the making a man in the making in the beginning of time there was a word and the light was in the word i am in the beginning there was a male man and him alone in the garden of eden for the creator formed the male man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and male man became a living soul all secrets wisdom and knowledge is embedded in you male creature as i'm about to put on the apron of humility to serve on the plate of poetry lend me your ears kings and queens as i'm about to unveil the mystery of creation male man you are the seat of humanity out of the masculinity of your chest i was formed where my womb was fabricated I, in my meekest form, came alive from your rib with the jazz, the rhyme, and the rhythm of life. In your unconsciousness, that state which is near to death and being forgotten, your relevancy has faded. All human blame and shame is now upon you, honorable male man. In that state, you are facing the remorse of your demotion from your seat of royalty to rule as a king. For even your pocket is economically robbed. Male men, you are the spear and arrow of war in the battlefield of love. You are the lion of Judah in the jungle of the universe, my provider, my protector, my king. Male men, you are the mind behind the mystery of all human inventions and all that is in my yesterdays. And in my todays, I somehow took the crown of your glory through women emancipation and feminism movements. They all meant well, but only to our division. I am pleased and relieved in a state of bliss to receive in this present glory which i'm about to return to its original proprietor male man after i reclaim my restoration and oozed the sensuality of my femininity honorable male man out of my doze i'm now awakened to the truth that in the midst of our equality we are somehow different and i need your rationality to take the lead for in the beginning of creation there was a male man creature and him alone in the Garden of Eden. All wisdom, secrets, and knowledge of life are embedded in you, honorable man. Thank you so much. I'm thinking you're talking about me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're also included in the poem. It's for everyone, as yeah, long sure. as you are a male man. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for coming. Um, maybe just as a wrap up, what is the one thing that you are most afraid of? Are you afraid of anything? I am. Okay. 
And few people know I need to close my eyes when I'm saying this one because I'm saying it from my heart. All right, I love kids so much, but my greatest fear is to have a child or children and not be able to fend for them as they would need according to their needs or not raise them in a way that I can be fit for their purposes and callings and also their giftings. So I love children a lot, but um, I spend most of my time reading books and fine-tuning myself and also working on my wholeness because when I'm now going to be a mother, I want to be sure that I can be fit and be whole and present to be entrusted with the life of another being. So even if um, you, you birth children for yourself, there's this saying that um, is from the book uh, Born to Succeed by Colentena, which is a book that my mother bought me when I was in high school. And the saying says, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of this world. They came through you, but not from you. Hmm. So that phrase, after I saw it in the book, yes, then it was, it planted a seed in my heart that as much as you, we bear children, but they are not your own. You are just entrusted by God to raise them so that they can carry out the purposes that God designed them for. Yeah. So until I feel that uh, I'm in a space to do that, that's when I'll, I'll be a mother. And this year, in February 20, it was my birthday. Okay. And Happy belated. Yes. Uh, thank you. And the, the significance of this birthday was uh, me um, acknowledging and also um, sending uh, gratitude vibes to all the relationships that have impacted my life until this age and also celebrating my purpose because I found my purpose. My purpose is healing and restoration of hearts. Yeah. So I feel now I'm ready to be a mother because I couldn't be a mother before I find out what is my purpose because I believe um, each and every human being, the reason we are here is so that we can carry out our purposes. So I can't raise a child to uh, guide them to their purpose if I don't know my own. So me finding my purpose is a, that's what I'm saying, my life is in a new dispensation. I'm in a new era yeah. of my life, a new awakening. So I'm ready to birth life. Brilliant. Yes. Thank you so much. We do Melo Cynthia Semani of Synthetic Creative Works. For the time that you spend with us, we definitely drank from your deep well of wisdom. And we hope everyone who was listening enjoyed the the nuggets, many nuggets that you dropped on this show. Um, um, yeah, until the next time, we hope you're going to be tuned in for the next one. Cheers and bye-bye from me, Tepo. Remember, you can also be a part of the show by sending us your comments via voice notes or emailing us at the turning points podcast at gmail.com the turning points podcast at gmail.com